play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I am your host Neil Maligno. With me is our resident Aaron Rodgers fan club coordinator. What up, Josh? I'm not even. I'm not even going to answer to that. That's disgusting. What? It's disgusting, and I don't appreciate it. Come on, man. Listen, we're also joined by the guy who loves to watch DJ Moore's world burn. Thanks, to Robbie Anderson. He's retweeting everything in sight. What up, Adam? Hey, you know, I'm just telling it like it is, and uh, it is what it is. It's very sad. That's all that matters. I, I mean, I'm doing good myself, guys. Down days for me or career days for others, so I'm doing great. Um, I feel good, you know? It's just the facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the facts. Um, let's start off the show as we always do, which is with some victory laps. Victory laps. Josh, I'll let you go first today, man. Do you have a victory lap to take today? I, I feel like I feel like a Kareem Hunt victory lap is always is always fun to take. Okay. So okay. so I'll start there. That that's that's a good one. I, I might have I might have made some trades that were very you know criticized and laughed at, and they're not looking quite as crazy now. I'm, yeah, I'm happy about Kareem that. Kareem Hunt, man, he's been doing his thing. I mean, even before the injury, he was doing his thing. So um, he might be better than Nick Chubb. <laughs> this guy here, it's already going there. <laughs> Uh, anyone else you want a victory lap here with, or you're going to settle with one for today? You know, we'll just we'll let the Kareem Hunt victory lap stand all by itself. That's all right. fine. All right, take a couple couple laps for him then. Uh, Adam, you have anyone you want a victory lap? I mean, I hate to just throw it in your face, but uh, the number one player in fantasy this week was Joe Mixon, so that was uh, that was dope. Yeah, that, that, that was really good. That was really good. I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it seemed to work out well. Adam Thielen's still crushing it and uh, finishes the wide receiver four on the week, which is awesome. Uh, I drafted a ton of him this year. Uh, I mean, outside of that, it was not a great week for me. I mean, George Kittle is just destroying in his two games this year. So if you were somebody who drafted a ton of Kittle, which I hope, I feel like everyone should have, but, you know, each their own kind of thing um but uh but yeah i know i owned a ton, ton of kittle and seeing him healthy and just destroying is great yeah um yeah i mean those those are the main ones it was not a great week for me for fantasy so uh so yeah they, there's, not, there's not a lot to be excited about yeah whenever i have those weeks like this week was kind of not i don't want to say like down but it wasn't great like there was some wins, some losses, but nothing was like, it wasn't, you know, overly great. And I always wondered, I'm like, man, is this a bad week for like everybody? I try to convince myself, like, you know, was everybody, was it a slow scoring week or something? You know, I try to find like, you know, some other reasons to blame besides myself, but I know it's me. Um, but yeah, for me, victory laps. I, I, I kind of want a victory lap Gabriel Davis really quick. He only scored a touchdown. I think it was just the one catch, but I did have him as my lock of the week before I changed it. Right. So I wanted to at least shout that out because I probably would have won. Huh? I this before I changed it. Yeah, yeah. No. it I sucks. Love, I love that little. It sucks because I. This is garbage. Listen, that guy wasn't actually worth listen. It. When I when I write because I write my lock of the week down every every week, right? Like so I can see it and I forget it. I literally had Gabriel Davis first, Preston Williams as my backup, and I flipped them during the show on purpose. Though. I mean, I flipped them on purpose, but like I flipped them, and so I was pissed off. 
Um, even Sorry, when he, even when he scored, because you know I'm watching it because they were playing the Raiders. I was like, yes, yes, lock of the week. And I was like, oh, I didn't pick him. Damn it. So yeah, Gabriel Davis, and of course, just you know, shout out to some of those running backs out there, man. Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson, come on, round of applause, round of applause. Antonio Gibson doing his thing against Baltimore's defense. Yeah, he had a big week. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon. Fourth week in a row with a touchdown. Are we going to not acknowledge this, fellas? Come on, Jerick McKinnon. Another round of applause for another one of these catching pass catching running backs, man. Um, and the last guy that I want to put out there is Devontae Parker, man. He didn't get a touchdown, but he had 10 receptions, 100 yards, whatever it was. I just was happy to see that, man, even though Preston Williams didn't do shit for me. I was still happy for Devontae Parker to do his thing. So, um that's it, man. That's all for victory laps. But, I, you know. Like Devontae you Parker should be, like, one of the top ten happiest people on the planet, I feel like. Don't you think? <laughs> Why? After, after the start of his career. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be doing what he's doing. Like, I'm happy for him. Yeah, and I and I hope that when they switch it to it, it just even gets better. But you never know. Because, you know, Fitzmagic does his thing out there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. He's he's definitely uh, turned it around. Like you said, we're happy to see that. It's, it's a good thing, man. And you always wonder, like, who's the next guy to do it? Can another guy do it? Or is it just a complete outlier out there? You know what I mean? Um, but we'll see. We'll see. On the downside of things, not victory laps, the opposite, are the guys who got injured. Last week, it was terrible. I mean, you know, the last episode we did, it was terrible. This week, not much better. We got Austin Eckler hurt his hamstring, and that kills me. That kills me. Right after last week when Adam's like, hey, man, take a victory lap for Austin Eckler. This is why we don't do victory laps sometimes, guys, because I feel like it curses our players. So, yeah, he's going to be out for a while. Um, Any comments on that? I mean, aren't you glad you got the victory lap in while you could? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's the way you look at he that. He pulled his hamstring on my victory lap. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks. Came up limping on that oh. victory lap. Damn. <laughs> it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Um, Nick Chubb also placed on IR, so that means you know minimum three weeks. You just got done talking about Kareem Hunt, so uh, yeah. the the thing is, like you being happy about Kareem Hunt is not because Nick Chubb got hurt, right? I mean, he was doing well before he got hurt. No, I mean, know, so if I was Nick Chubb, I would pretend to be hurt too. <laughs> so wrong. You're so <laughs> wrong. He was doing fine. He was doing great. Um, he was. He's he's playing well. Like the the Cleveland backfield, I feel like I should have had every other member of the Cleveland backfield on the dynasty roster, anyways, just because those two are putting out so much. Yeah, they they've been doing really good. They've been doing really good. And I know before the season, I was like, man, how good is Nick Chubb? We were all kind of like, you know, he got hot at the was it the end of the year or he slowed down at the end of the year. Last he season. slowed down because yeah, Kareem Hunt right. hit the field. Yeah. So we were all like, kind of like, you know, not that we were doubting him, but we were like, you know, we, we know he's a really good running back, but for like fantasy purposes, Kareem Hunt, especially at the ADP and everything felt like the guy to have. But I mean, for those who did take Nick Chubb early up until he got hurt, like it was, it was working, you know, it was paying, it was making sense. So yeah. Yeah. It's one of those you things. You know, while we're on it though, I do want to shout out Dearness Johnson who outproduced Kareem Hunt. And I will say the thing that concerns me about Hunt is the lack of his usage in the passing game. Like, it does not seem like they want to throw to their backs reliably. And that would be my only concern with Hunt moving forward. But Johnson's a guy that's on waiver wires everywhere, and he definitely needs to be picked up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, at this point, anyone in that backfield that's going to take those carries, looks like they're just running like crazy out there. So, yeah, they they definitely got it going. Um, Two other guys that got hurt, Noah Fant, ankle, Expected to miss at least a few weeks, right? Or a couple, maybe one. 
What do you guys think? I mean, it seems like he's going to miss this week. I don't know if it's going to be beyond this week, but uh, I mean, it, if he's out, you know, th- there's a lot of options that have become yeah. available on waiver wires for uh, for tight ends. So yeah. you know, it's one of the easier positions to stream. But, uh, for sure. but yeah, you just make sure you got something available. And one other tight end went out. OJ Howard got put on the IR. Um, so I don't know how much people care about that, but I feel like it's kind of significant because there's other tight ends there in Tampa who this may affect. It may get be better for them now. So we'll see. We, you know, Gronkowski and Brait. So, yeah, OJ Howard, IR'd. Um, I think I want to say it was his ankle also, but I'm not. I forget now. But, yeah, anyway, he's on the IR. Um, all right, any other injuries I'm missing here, guys? Any other significant sign-ins, things that happened roster-wise, anything like that? think that's well, it. Sam Darnold. Did we talk about Sam Darnold? No, we didn't talk being... about Sam Darnold. He got hurt too. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean Joe Flacco, or as Josh calls him, Flacco. You call him Flacco, yeah. Josh? Flacco, Flacco Seagulls. Joe, Joe Flacco Seagulls. Um, looks like you know the Jets plan on holding you know Darnold out, so Flacco could be the starter. Do you guys trust him? I mean, I don't know what what, what you're going on there, but. I know you both said before the show started that you kind of might need him this week. Yeah, exactly. That's that's this season. I just need everybody off the waiver wire. And I mean, yeah. if you're in a super flex league, there's a good chance that you are churning the waiver wire for quarterbacks. And uh, in the Scott Fishbowl, I was smart enough to preemptively pick him up last week, and it looks like it's going to pay off because I got Cam, and Cam's going to be out. And I I don't know the the scary thing in Scott Fishbowl is because of the scoring which we've talked about before but there's there's some pretty big negatives that can come in from starting a quarterback if they struggle um, so being wacko for Flacco might really bite me in the butt um, but he definitely is going to be in consideration yeah I was going to say don't don't celebrate too early when you pick up a backup quarterback in Scott Fishbowl because I picked up Ryan Hoyer. As soon as I seen Cam Newton um, got COVID, and I was like, oh, he's actually available. Let me put him in here because I had Tannehill, and I had a bench Tannehill and some other guys. And so I put him in there, and I got negative one points for Brian Hoyer. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> don't get too excited about Joe Flacco uh, because he can get ugly. He <laughs> can get ugly. So uh, Brian Hoyer can kiss my ass. I will never trust that guy again. Um, so, yeah, negative one points. Great. So yeah, Flacco could get you negative one points next week, uh, this week coming up, Adam. So don't don't celebrate too early, man. But I understand. I understand. You did the right thing. That's all that matters. Um, all right, let's move over to trust issues. Trust issues. Listen, guys, it's important. Trust is all we got. Trust is all we got. It's so important in this world. So the first one we have here is with the injury to Austin Eckler, the unfortunate, unfortunate injury. Too many victory laps for Austin Eckler. Joshua Kelly finishes top 20 at running back in week five. I feel like that is not, you know, asking for too much, too crazy. So Josh, do you trust it or do you have trust issues? Yeah, I think top 20 is pretty reasonable. Before before Eckler had his big week when Herbert took over, Kelly was definitely getting the volume to to justify that kind of a finish. So I, I expect it will come back. I also think that Justin Jackson could be relevant, but... Josh Kelly seems to have the inside track. Yeah, I'm with you. I trust him for top 20. Um, I also have him in a lot of leagues where I had Austin Eckler uh, in Dynasty League and stuff. I actually had him and Justin Jackson, and I dropped Justin Jackson once. Yep. Um, 
you know, Josh Kelly looked like the guy there behind Eckler. And now I'm like, hey, maybe I dropped him a little too early. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I do believe in Joshua Kelly over Justin Jackson because I just don't believe in Justin Jackson. So, um, yeah, I think finishing top 20, I trust it. Adam, how do you feel about it? Uh, you know, I got trust issues. They're playing the Saints on Monday night, and I think just from a game script perspective, are probably going to be forced to throw the ball. Um, they haven't really shown that they're willing to utilize him in the passing game. And furthermore, I mean, he's going to split carries with Justin Jackson. So I, I just, I think overall, I'm just concerned from a touch perspective and then from a game flow perspective. I just, I don't know. I'm probably looking for other options. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I, I do get it. But then who who is your, like your better option though? Like who who is in that range that you like trust way more? Do you know I mean like uh, top twenty? Like it's kind of like who who are you trusting good. more? Yeah, let me try and look at who might be in a range like that. I well, mean, Jared McKinnon. I mean, well, yeah, Jared, I, I Jared trust McKinnon. Jared McKinnon. I'm probably starting over him. I'm starting Ronald Jones over him. I'm probably starting DeAndre Swift. Um, Ooh, I don't know about Swift. That one makes me wonder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can see the concern, but I think you're looking at probably a similar touch share, and I think Swift is the better talent. So, I don't know. I mean, it's probably he, he's probably going to do like what Dearness Johnson's going to do, and way more people are going to start Joshua Kelly. And I think that you know Dearness Johnson is probably not going to get the start over him in a lot of fantasy leagues, but I would not be surprised if they score basically the same amount of points. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, top 20. I mean, I think, I think, you know, top 20 to me seems like a fair, fair, you know, place to trust the map, but I understand those concerned. And if they're, if they like other options more in that range, you know, I get it. Um, all right. Even after performing as a running back 35 through four weeks, Kenyon Drake is a must start against the Jets in week five. I will go on record. You know, I like taking my victory laps. Kenyon Drake has burnt me so bad this year because I, I had him like everywhere in all my lineups. I turned down Adam's trade where he tried to take Kenyon Drake off my team. It still haunts me to this day. And I traded a lot of good players over in the offseason and stuff to be a part of the Drake bandwagon. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been loving Drake, but that's when he was a Dolphin. I was a fan then. When he came into the job from David Johnson, I was like, this is crazy. I mean, I like the guy, but this I didn't know this was going to happen. And I thought, well, there's no way this guy's going to fail this year. Like, he's going to get all the work. He's the man now. Like, how can this go wrong? Like, another year in this offense, it just has to happen, you know, the best that could be. And it's not working out that way. It's going really, really bad. And now I'm in a situation like we were last week with Joe Mixon, right? Right, Adam, where we're like, you said you start Joe Mixon in this situation because of the matchup, regardless of how bad he's done. I said I wouldn't if I had a better option. And, of course, that's a better option if I felt someone was, you know, incredibly, you know, just a better choice at that point. Um, like I would have started Jarek McKinnon, for instance, over Joe Mixon at that point. Probably that's how crazy in love I am with Jarek McKinnon um, just because it felt better at that moment for me. Um, but this week I have a problem. Do I start Kenyon Drake? I said I wouldn't start Joe Mixon. So do I start Kenyon Drake this week or do I not? But I'd like to hear what you guys think about it. Um, Adam, what do you, how do you feel on this? Do you trust or trust issues with Drake versus the Jets this week? I mean, for me, it's just all about process. Like I said last week with Joe Mixon, you know, these guys who I think are big talents, who I thought were going to have big work shares, 
if they're in these huge plus matchups and I still have them rostered, I need to be starting them. Because otherwise, like, at that point, you should just trade him away because somebody out there would start him and perceivably he has more value to you just trading him. So for me, even though he struggled through the first four weeks, if I have Kenyon Drake on any rosters out there, and I do, I'm going to be starting him because against the Jets, it's the best possible matchup. That being said, I think Chase Edmonds is also flex-worthy. I think both these guys could potentially be successful. But, like, if you have Kenyon Drake, this is the best possible matchup for him, really. And ultimately, if he struggles now, his trade value is going to be out the window anyway. So, I don't know. For me, it's like cash in while you can. And I, I think this is the week you cash in. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be like Mixon where he then ends up being the, you know, top fantasy player on the week. But uh, it's... It's not outside of the range of outcomes. Yeah, no, I mean, it totally makes sense. And Josh, the, you know, he, he brings up a point here, and he's like, if you if you're not going to play him this week, then you then you might as well trade him. So let me ask you this: How comfortable do you feel with the idea that Drake's going to have a good week right now? And if he does, would you then turn around and trade him, or would you say, hey, this is you know what I've been waiting for? He's back on course, and I'm fine. So basically, what I'm asking you is, if he has a big week this week against the Jets, which doesn't seem out, you know, like like Adam just said, out of their own possibilities. It's a great matchup for him. If he has a big week, which he hasn't had all year before this, would you trade Drake at that point after, or would you keep him and say he's going to get back on course now? I would absolutely trade him. He, he's not getting enough volume to be a consistent producer. Like I, I would get rid of him. And I think I think if you get a chance, then that's a gift from the fantasy gods. I don't even expect it to happen. If he if, so, if he does do good and you can trade him, what would you be looking for at that point? Like, what do you think is the best you're going to get from him at that point in a trade offer? Like, what what, what would be like the realm where you're like, oh, I don't think it. I'm going to get it, but like, I'd be happy to get James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, out of the question, mm-hmm. so James I would Robinson, take Jared. <laughs> would you take a uh, Antonio Gibson? The the that's. I don't know about that one. That that feels like a lateral move. You know, I guess I would have to look at their matchups and just see who has a more favorable schedule down the road because I, because they're I feel like they're getting about the same workload. Right. So that that would be tough. Yeah, let me look at some other running backs. I'm curious who you guys would take. If Kenyon Drake has a bigger week, right? A big week. Would you Adam, would you trade would you trade Drake at that point or no? First. I mean, Potentially, yeah. Okay. I, I, I definitely understand the value of it. The reality, though, is everyone knows that move. Like, no one doesn't realize that he struggled for four weeks and then played the Jets and had a big week if that were to happen. I right, mean, right. That's, that, that's fine. But, like, for instance, okay, you, we, we just mentioned he's 30, number 35 in PPR, right? So we're talking about he's below, way below guys like even, you know, guys that you hate on, Todd Gurley. You know, um, guy we don't talk about a lot, Devin Singletary, um, you know, Ronald Jones, James Conner. I mean, if, if Drake had a big week, I don't think it's crazy that someone that has those guys would trade him to you for, for Drake, like believing that they're going to get the, you know, the renewed Drake at this point um, and that they're selling high on a guy that they thought wasn't going to be that great. So, I mean, would you pull a trigger on a trade like that or would you rather just have Drake? Yeah, that's fair. I'd probably stick it out with Drake, but I think you're right. I think you could make trades for guys like Gurley or David Johnson or Ronald Jones, potentially. Like, if you think that those guys are going to outperform Drake for the rest of the way, I think most people are probably going to make that trade. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, for me, like, I still think Drake has the potential weekly upside of why we drafted him in the second round. Right. I mean, ultimately, I think if Arizona clicks, especially, I mean, you know, we obviously all think it for teams like Tennessee, but down the stretch, all teams run the ball more. It just kind of transitions that way. It's not dramatic, but... I think that there could be that tendency there and uh, that could influence Arizona as well. So I don't know. I mean, ultimately at this point, the touch share for him and Chase Edmonds is just so split that I can't feel super confident in it, but I don't think I'm looking to turn him over for guys that I was, you know, not high on coming into the year. Yeah. And I bring this up because, you know, I'm, I'm always big on, you know, if you can make moves, if you could take chances, you know, do it if it makes sense to you. And, you know, it's not, you know, it doesn't matter like what other people think or outsized, you know, sources and opinions. Like if you feel you're tired of a guy, you're done waiting and you don't think like he's going to continue to do this after this week, it was just a matchup thing. Then, you know, don't be afraid just because of names and draft places. Um, the, the, the one guy I do want to ask you guys, I just think it's interesting. Devin Singletary, right? Do you guys think Drake or Devin Singletary will end the year in a better place? Right now, Devin Singletary is in the top 20. He's number 17 in PPR. His team is on fire. Josh Allen's on fire. That whole that whole team is on fire. Do you think, just guessing right now, end of season, who finishes higher, Devin Singletary or Kenyon Drake? Adam, you go first. Yeah, I'm probably going to say Singletary. Okay. Uh, Josh. Yeah, same same here. Okay. so we, So we all agree with that. Do you think it's crazy that the Singletary owner would trade you him for Drake? Not if Drake has a big week. That's what I'm saying. So it's just it's just a, it's a conversation. It's a conversation to have, to have because you know the, the Drake owners are going to have the Drake you know man, the, the guys who have Drake on their team are going to have that question if he has a big week. And so it's just something I just wanted to run by you guys. So I was just curious your thoughts. You know. So how about over a wide receiver? Would you? Do you think you could get somebody like a CD Lamb? Um, I don't know about CD Lamb. I feel like he's just too popular, man. Like people love him. He's on America's okay. team. What about Deontay Johnson? I think you could probably get Deontay Johnson. I think I might make that move. And that sounds crazy to you, right, Adam? Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, but that also has to do with scarcity of running back. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I I just like to have these conversations with you guys because I feel like it's important because I think a lot of team owners out there are having these thoughts, you know, and they're getting presented with these op- these opportunities potentially in their leagues. And of course, you know, everything varies with league size and scoring and all that good stuff. But I just like to have them because I feel like they are real and they are valuable um, because some people are just afraid to pull the trigger on guys because of names or what they, you know, coming into season presumed to happen. And, you know, it's just real. So um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a real situation that if Drake has a big week, people will have to face that. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how, how people move on it. But I'm good either way. You know, I'm not against either way. If people stick with him or 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 switch, I get both sides of it. Um, all right, let's move on from Drake. Through four weeks, Robbie Anderson has averaged 18 points per game to DJ Moore's 11.7. Robbie Anderson will outscore DJ Moore the rest of the way. Adam. Yeah, I, I think this transition has happened. I think that Robbie Anderson is just going to have a you know, larger dot, and because of that, he's ultimately going to see these targets downfield that 
cause big plays. And while DJ Moore might be the better pedestrian receiver, they're not really using him as such. So I, I think that really this is what the Teddy Bridgewater offense is going to look like. And I don't think anyone really anticipated how good Robbie Anderson was going to be. I mean, the Gase curse is real, but when you escape it, man, I mean, you, you can go off. And much to Josh's dismay, I think that this is really going to hurt DJ Moore for at least this season. Yeah, so, so you trust Robbie Anderson over DJ Moore rest of the season. And I know Josh is just dying to hear that. Um, Josh, what is your counter to this, or are you going to turn on your boy? Uh, like, here's the thing. DJ Moore is still ahead of Robbie Anderson in air yards per game. DJ Moore's sitting at about 100, and Robbie's only at, like, 78. So... I feel I feel like DJ Moore could turn it around, but it's hard to continue to bet on that. And so far, Robbie has looked like the better receiver. I don't I don't really understand it. I would like to think that it's just week to week variance, and we just have a short sample. But I don't I don't know. It's not looking great. It's, yeah. I mean, it's looking it's looking better for Robbie Anderson. It's not <laughs> looking great for DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, flat out just production, right? If we're not using all the uh, crazy metrics that Josh likes to twist. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's fine. But like, I mean, just targets, you know, receptions, yards, touchdowns, all all, all the stuff that you're scoring points with. Um, Robbie Anderson is leading in all of them, I believe. Um, I don't think DJ Moore has, you know, an edge in any of those categories. And of course, you know, the stuff that Josh is talking about is like eventually if these things keep going out, he believes that, you know, if it keeps playing out this way, eventually the DJ Moore We'll turn that corner and be, you know, the guy ahead. But it's again, it's an interesting conversation. It's just like the Joe Mixon. It's just like the Drake. It's just like wide receiver now. It's, you know, do I keep playing this guy? It's or do I go to the guy who's, you know, was presumed lesser at, coming into the year and now it's playing better. Um, it is hard to say that you trust Robbie Anderson over him. It just feels wrong. <laughs> but, you know, I'm you, you guys know I'm big on what the what the what the what the production says. And as of right now, I trust this. Um, and, and of course, like, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things coming into the year. Like, you know, Robbie Anderson was familiar with the coach, the system, you know, the system coming into it that that mattered, even though people acted like it didn't. Like Adam said, Adam Gase mattered, how it affected Robbie Anderson. And he's always been a guy who can, you know, be the big play guy. It just didn't happen as much as you'd like to see in New York because Adam Gase. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe in this. And I think it's because I don't think Robbie Anderson is, just not I don't think he's bad at football like you know we think he's really not on DJ Moore's level and I think maybe he's closer than DJ Moore than we thought he was um so I I trust I trust this do we all trust this yeah for sure and I mean we saw these flashes like we have seen the huge Robbie Anderson flashes prior to this so I don't really think it should shock anyone yeah but uh it's shocking because I really I can't think of anyone in the industry that I know who was really touting Robbie Anderson coming into this year, or at least everyone touting him super, above DJ Moore. Like everyone was super confident yeah. on DJ. Yeah, everyone was. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely goes to show that uh, these free agent transitions can occasionally just really blow up, especially when it's a new quarterback and a new relationship overall with the offense. Yep, and DJ Moore is just a young wide receiver as it is anyway, so. Uh, he has a lot of growing and stuff to do anyway. Either way. All right. Uh, sorry, Josh. It's just facts, man. You're, yeah, sorry. You're top, 
Sorry. Your top ten pre pre ranked, you know, pre season rank. You know, he's just not top eight, man. He's not top eight, not top no, ten. It is what it is. It is what Listen, it is. all we ever get out of these wide receivers is about half a season of run hot if we're lucky. <laughs> DJ Moore can still turn it on. All right. All right. You keep banking on that. And uh that's not how it plays well, out. Don't have a lot of choice. <laughs> Do you have him in Scott Fishbowl? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, figured you have him that's everywhere. Mm, I figured you have him okay. everywhere. Nobody drafted him before you did, Josh. You <laughs> Go <got him>. great. <laughs> All right. Marquise Brown is the wide receiver 48 through four weeks. He will have his first start-worthy game week five against Cincinnati. Josh, do you trust or trust issues with that idea? I I like I like what I'm seeing out of Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown is, is kind of quietly – Quietly pulling quite a bit of volume down in that in that offense, where everyone else is disappointing. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I think Marquise Brown sooner or later is gonna is gonna pop through. He's at 115 air yards per game, which is right there with DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper's not far ahead. Like he's he's getting some serious volume. So sooner or later, I think he puts together a big game. Yeah, the thing you like is he's had six targets, six targets, six targets, eight targets. Um, he's caught, you know, a decent amount of those every week, except I think one week he only caught like two of the six. But he's caught a decent amount of them. He, he has, you know, okay yards in a, in, a, in a couple of the games. He hasn't had the touchdown. That's that's the big, you know, obvious glaring need here. And we know he's capable of the big splash plays. I mean, to be honest, like the Ravens offense as a whole – hasn't been as exciting as I thought it was. For some reason it just seems off right now. So um I don't know I don't know what it is. And you know, we would we can assume that this team will get better and better as the year goes along here. But um yeah he, he's a guy that I just feel like I'm gonna I want to trust him. So I, I if I have him I'll keep putting him in my lineup probably for right now. Um just knowing that he can have that explosive game that wins me a week. Um and until he totally disappoints like if he has a couple more games in a row where it's like you know, 50 yards, stuff like that, and not really much else, then, you know, you might have to start considering other options. But as long as he's getting 80-something yards, 100-something yards, four or five, six, seven catches, like, you just have to assume that touchdown is going to come at some point. Um, so I, I trust this week, um, starting Marquise Brown. How do you feel about it, Adam? Yeah, I think just because of how the Ravens run their offense, you're just going to have inconsistency with guys like Brown and Mark Andrews. But because of their weekly upside, you just kind of have to put them in your lineup consistently. I mean, it's going to be so hard to predict which week he's going to have, you know, the four for 82 and two touchdowns as opposed to just the four for 82. Because it definitely can happen. I mean, we saw it last year. And I think Mark Andrews is kind of similar. And because he's a tight end, we just don't think about it. We just start him every week. And, uh, you know, Marquise Brown, all he needs to do is catch a touchdown in any one of these weeks and he becomes a heck of a lot more viable so yeah I, I think in what should be a plus matchup this week you gotta roll him out there in a flex if you got him I mean he's somebody who I'd probably want to try and fit into my lineups it just seems like things are trending in that direction for him and eventually Lamar is going to get it together and they're really going to you know have a positive connection there because he seems like the main target on that offense and if not it's just the one beat of Mark Andrews 1A yeah for sure so even with the touchdown drought we all still trust um, Marquise Brown and you know this offense and what he's capable of doing. So um, there you go, across the board, we all we all trust um, Hollywood. Um, all right, let's jump over to can he do that again? 
Um, I have some, I have some good ones lined up for you guys. Um, so let's jump into this. And again, with this, I, I don't know how you guys have been looking at it when I, when I do these each week, I don't know if you've been looking at it as in like this week, can he do that again? Or at some point in the season, um, how, have you guys been looking at it a certain way? Oh yeah. For next, like for, this, for this week. Okay. Week. That's what I thought. I okay. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So when I throw these things out at you guys, I want to know if you think this week, can they do it again? The first one I have, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Cal- Calvin Ridley finished a game with zero catches. Can he do that again, Adam? <laughs> kind of like- right. Easy one up top. No. <laughs> that was very humbling, uh, especially because coming into the week, he was the number one fantasy receiver in PPR. So that was pretty fun but uh but yeah just uh just a complete zero that was uh unexpected so yeah highly doubt that occurs again mm-hmm. it's terrible josh i'm sure you're in the same boat yeah that won't that's not likely to happen again somewhere somebody was like hoping and praying that robert tanyan would outscore calvin ridley and it happened yeah you know what's funny on twitter someone <laughs> hit me up someone hit me up on twitter and they were like hey i have um I have MVS this week and I have Calvin Ridley and with, you know, Devonte Adams out, should I start MVS over Ridley? And I'm like, nah, like I know Ridley's a little beat up, but like, unless his legs are broken, like you play Calvin Ridley. <laughs> and then that happened. I was like, how can this happen? Like, how can he get zero <laughs> points after I say something like that? Like, ah, it's one of those things that just make you look so bad. Um, all right. Next one. Odell Beckham Jr. Was a leading scorer at wide receiver in PPR week four. Can he do that again, Adam? I hate everything. <laughs> Hey, man, well, listen, if you're going to troll us, we're going to troll back. I know. It's fair. It's just, man, I don't, can we not talk about it? <laughs> no. I mean, OBJ went off. It was, it was, it was insulting. <laughs> so, can he do it again? No, he's not going to be the number one overall receiver, but this is why you like guys like OBJ, man. He can have boom weeks, but I think he's going to have a ton of bus weeks, too, still. So. Okay, all right. Landry's out there throwing touchdowns. Running backs for getting touchdowns. Josh, do you think OBJ can do it again, man, as the leading scorer? Yeah, I wouldn't bet on it happening happening again two weeks in a row. I mean, it did take three touchdowns, but I think that at some point in the season it'll happen again. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I definitely would want to see it. I want to see the, the Browns offense keep rolling and keep going to OBJ before I feel confident saying he could do it again two weeks in a row. Seems like – Seems like they have things kind of figured out, right? It felt like it, but it, you know, could have been the opponent. (laughs) It felt like it, though. Um, (laughs) Next one here. With Sutton and Locke out, Tim Patrick had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Can he do that again, Adam? You know, uh, I'm going to say yeah. I mean, Sutton's going to be out still. Bant projects to be out. I think. It's possible. I mean, he's going to lead this team in targets. Obviously, 100 yards is his ceiling, but it's it's possible. I think you're probably much more likely to get like a four for 60 kind of game. But, you know, I think he's a worthwhile flex in deep leagues. I like that. So you think he can do it again? I'm not mad that I like that you're going out on a limb there. You're trusting in Tim Patrick. Um, Josh, do you think he could do it again? Or do you think that was a complete fluke? Well, I think he had 10 targets, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think 100 yards on 10 targets, it's pretty doable. It and is. I love I it. I think they're going to have to lean on him, and he seems to be able to carry the load. So, yeah, I, th- I think it'll happen again. Man, a guy no one, we weren't talking about, and here he is. And actually, looking at the stats, he did it on seven targets. 
Oh, really? Yeah, seven targets, six catches, over 100 yards. He did it. He did it. And I mean, going from week one, he's had five targets, five targets, four targets, seven. So it's been kind of, you know, somewhat consistent across the board as far as targets, but like these injuries are piling up and stuff. So I'm sure that's changing things. But I mean, big target, man. So we'll see how it continues to go. Um, Next one. Mike Davis has been a top 10 running back in PPR for two weeks in a row. Can he do that again, Adam? Yeah, he definitely can. Uh, I think (laughs) it's kind of shocking, but I mean, you guys are totally right. I didn't expect them to give him more of a workload than they were even giving Christian McCaffrey, but whatever. What do I know? I mean, I (laughs) I love this. I don't understand anything that the Panthers are doing, but it's somehow working, and I don't like talking about it because I was super off. Yeah, I mean, I was off on Mike Davis. I was off on this offense. I don't understand what they're doing. But, uh, but yeah, enjoy your week of Mike Davis production because it's going to be great. You might get one more after this, but (laughs) not at all again, Josh. (laughs) I think it's great that we we start the show with victory laps and then we spend the rest of the show kicking each other and (laughs) admitting all the faults. It's the best. (laughs) It's the best, man. It's the best. I mean, really, though, like, th- this is why you guys were willing to pay all your fab for him. I mean, you're going to get, you know, three or four weeks of RB1 production. I mean, that seems that seems pretty worthwhile. But I don't, I don't know if it is, you know. It might get you into the fantasy playoffs, but it's not going to win yet. But then again, now you got Christian McCaffrey with this potential backup. So you're kind of locked into that that role so i'm still mad you've never made me an offer in the league i'm still disappointed in you man he's just sitting there rotting away man and you're just letting losses happen it's up to you man he's there he's waiting i need a wide receiver hit me up man hit me up i don't even know who you're talking about mike davis in our dynasty league man you have christian mccaffrey you could have been using this guy every week man you wouldn't have to you didn't have to spend waiver money on him man i'm just disappointed in you not being active out here in these streets man if it's in any of the dynasty leagues that I'm thinking of, I'm either crushing it regardless or tanking. <laughs> the story of our lives. All <laughs> right. The last one I have here, Robert Tanyan finished as number two tight end in PPR behind only George Kittle. Can he do it again, Adam? Yeah, he can. He's the number two fantasy wide receiver on the season so far. And Aaron Rodgers is good. So it's crazy, but if Devonta Adams is out and they have no other options there to throw the ball to, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to somebody. And I guess Tanyan's the move. I mean, as far as if he's going to finish wide or tight end two next week, probably not, but he's a must-start guy at this point. I love it, man. Aaron Rodgers is just so good, isn't he? No, he's not. He's not. He's just so good. He's just so good on his worst days. It's your greatest days, man. It is what it is, man. Josh, how do you feel about this, man? I mean, can he do it again with that awesome quarterback? I'd rather start Johnny Smith. I'd rather start, like, Evan Ingram for sure. Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz. I'm not not getting on that train. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Leaving the station. Leaving the station without you, buddy. I sh- hey, I'll man, tell you one thing. I jumped on with my last grasps onto the Mike Davis train. I saw it leaving. I saw yeah, it running away. It's true. <laughs> and I admitted my, my mistake, and I moved on. That's what you're supposed to do. 
Yes, I know. It's the mature and reasonable thing to do, and I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) And I refuse. (laughs) All right. That's fine, man. That's fine. All right. Don't get on the wagon. He will do it again, Josh. Now he won't get three touchdowns again, but he will stay up there and top tight ends, buddy. All right. Um, Not so obvious lock of the week. Who won? Who won last week? I think again. Did we have another bad week across the board? My Gabriel yeah. Davis pick would have would have been a lock. I would have been in there, man. I knew when he scored that touchdown. I thought I used him. I thought I picked him. I mean, I you know, this has been a rough year overall, but uh, I have just completely whiffed week after week. And, uh, you know, if it makes you guys feel any better, I, I will extend this to you as well because I, this week, when picking my lock of the week, was willing to go with someone who wasn't as deep as I've been Because, <laughs> uh, you know, guys, we we need to give some suggestions of people who, like, you know, you might actually start. Because <laughs> we, we haven't been doing so hot. All right, let's go a little higher up then. Let's go a little higher up. Let's go a little bit hotter of a player. Not so obvious, but not, you know, obvious. So... Who wants to start since no one clearly won here? Should we let Josh start? All right, let's let Adam start. So let him set the tone since he said he picked someone that's not so obvious. Not, not obvious, but yeah, still I not mean, so I'll, obvious. I'll set where we're at because, I mean, you know, it's not it's not so obvious. And uh, for me, it's a guy who had a huge week one, but the last three weeks has basically been a total dud. Uh, you know, single-digit points in PPR each of the last three weeks. But – they have a great matchup this week. They're playing the Cowboys, who over the last three weeks have literally given up 38 or more points to each of their opponents. So I think that the Giants are really going to pull it together, and I think Darius Slayton is going to be the main benefactor. Uh, you know, they're going to be forced to throw the ball. Uh, I think Darius Slayton offers the most big play potential. So for me, you know, it seems like the right sort of matchup to get him in your lineup to potentially be a guy in your flex who hits for a big week. I like it. I like it. Slayton's a good one. Slayton's good. Not too obvious. Some people still aren't on board with Slayton, man. They're just not a, uh, they're not. Bothered. I mean, look at it, the last three weeks. He's been a disappointment if he's been in your lineup. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, still, it still feels risky, but you know, he's a guy who I think a lot of people are on coming into the year. So it doesn't seem like too crazy deep, but yeah, same time, I, I don't know. It, I know in leagues that I have him, I'm, you know, struggling to start him, but yeah. I'm rolling him out. Okay, good. I'll say this, Josh. I'm gonna let you go next. I am. What I will say about Josh is he. The first week he won with Greg Olson, and <laughs> I'm disappointed that he didn't keep going back to the tight end well after that, because he really could have pulled some really good ones if he was just looking at matchups. And, 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 you know, covering for injuries and backups, you know, he, he could have had something with Tanyan. He could have been putting Mo Ali Cox in there. Like, dude, you could have been pulling stuff out of the hat and you just straight away instantly. And so I, I wouldn't be mad if you went back to the tight end well here, but if you got something else in mind, Slayton, it was kind of like, I think he's like around top hundred if you're counting like all players production wise. Um, but if you take out quarterbacks, I'm not sure where he's out. I don't know where he's at exactly, but um, who who do you have this week? I don't know if you have someone in mind, if his Slayton pick changes it for you a little bit, but um, who do you have in mind for your not-so-obvious lock of the week, Josh? DJ Moore. No, it's not DJ Moore. <laughs> Wouldn't um, be a bad idea at this point. 
<laughs> At this point, it's almost allowed. That's very sad. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, this name that I don't know how to say, and it's Olamid Zacchaeus. I, I think. I like it. I think that Matt Ryan is back there slinging it, and he's already kind of made a, a fantasy star out of Russell Gage. Julio is looking a little hurt. I think I think Olamide might get some run, and I I think he could I think he can do it. Yeah, I, I like it. That's that's a that's a bullet spot to go for, man. You know, Calvin really didn't get any catches, and he did. So you're like, oh okay, we're phasing out Ridley. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, so we got Slate, and then we got him. What do I want to do here? Do I want to? Ch- I mean, I could go with a guy that we mentioned earlier, and it's kind of who I was going to kind of go with even though he's kind of like a waiver move and stuff this week. Does that still make him not so obvious? I was going to go with Dearness Johnson. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I mean, I know, listen, it's not David Johnson. It's not Deontay Johnson. It's not even Duke Johnson. It's Dearness Johnson, but still. (laughs) (laughs) When you're the fourth D Johnson in people's minds and you're not, you weren't even in their mind before last week, I think it's viable for not so obvious of the week. So he'll fill in for Chubb. I mean, Hunt's there. We've seen it. We know he's a love of our hearts. We love, we love, we love Hunt, but we can't forget that the new DJ in Cleveland, he did some work, man. Like 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 Adam mentioned, he had I think it was over ninety yards. It was not even a crazy amount of carries. It was like a little over ten carries. Um, so I feel good about him starting the game with Hunt and 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 you know feeling like the guy he's getting his chance. Um, I feel good about it. So against Slayton and against the guy's name we can't pronounce well, and I don't want to disrespect it. Um, <laughs> that's who we'll, I'll practice. I'll practice over the weekend. But uh, it's know, either Olamide or Olamide. We, we could probably know. listen to like an interview or a highlight reel. And uh, Josh, I'm pretty sure you had it right the first time. I think Josh did very well, actually. Yeah, he does. He does. He's a teacher. I mean, we, you know, we expect we expect him to, you know, pronounce language correctly. Um, and plus, he's had a lot of practice when he's reading kids' names in class. He's like, oh, new student. What's his name? You know, so it's been a touchy subject for him over the years. He's had to get he's had to perfect the craft. Um, all right. I like our not so obvious locks of the week. I think I think this week. One of us are going to hit hard. So I feel good about it. One of us are going to really, really do well. So I feel confident in this one. Um, I think, you know, we're going to pull away with a real winner this week. So keep those names in mind. Those are our not-so-obvious locks of the week. I keep forgetting. I want to throw these onto Twitter and have people vote um, which which ones, who they go with. Because I'm kind of curious each week which one of ours are the craziest. Um, so I'm going to throw this one on Twitter. Someone remind me. And uh, we'll see who, you know, the people agree with here. Um, and that's it. That's it for now. So I've been talking the week. Let's jump over to Fowler. No foul and get close to wrapping this show out. Um, North Dakota state quarterback, Trey Lance balled out on Saturday, then declared for the 2021 NFL draft today foregoing the rest of his, you know, eligibility in college with COVID and everything else facing young athletes today. More college players should follow this, this idea, this, this pattern and create, create a pattern out of this. Do you guys have a foul or no foul on that? Adam, no foul. I mean, these you know these kids aren't getting paid money to play, and it's a risk every time you're taking the field, regardless of COVID. So I think for you know any player who wants to make the decision to come out early, if they think that the NFL is still going to draft them, more power to them. I mean, really, I think it's up to the individual. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, what always bothers me is I hate that they can't make money off their name while they're in college. It just drives me crazy that idea that like these dudes could be balling out this school making millions off your back like the fact that you cannot like do anything like they literally can't even start podcasts 
YouTube channels, anything, and like get paid for it. It drives me crazy. It annoys me so bad. So anything that like you know is a business decision for them and their family, and it's hopefully it plays out for the best. Obviously, I'm always with it. So. I definitely have no foul on this. And uh, Josh, I know you're a teacher and everything, but you okay with these guys going out and getting their money over your education? I, I yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't I don't know if it's really the wisest decision. I think I think foregoing a bowl game is one thing, but foregoing uh, like a large part of a season, I'm just not sure. I think he's just getting a little getting a little overeager. <laughs> but, but that's his that's his call to make. Yeah, and, I mean, he's really good. It's, you know he's he's done really well he he's projected to be a first round draft pick and obviously with covid and all this weird stuff like i just feel like why not like it's it's a weird year things are coming you know things are happening strange like i'm okay with it like i wouldn't feel the luckiest right now <laughs> 2020 going out there and everything's really weird happening so yeah i'm fine with it um all right uh, the next one christian mccaffrey will be sharing the backfield with mike davis much more than he was before he got injured foul or no foul adam oh it's it's not gonna happen guys sorry i i just i don't see it i think mike davis is super talented i think he's shown that but i think that you know a big part of why he's been so successful is the workload that they're giving him and i think that that workload is going to transition back to christian mccaffrey I mean, as long as Christian's 100%, I mean, for the first week or two, they might have some sort of split to work him back in. But I think, you know, if we're talking by fantasy playoff time, yeah, it's just going to be the Christian McCaffrey show, I think. Yeah, Josh, I say no foul on this. I think they got to protect the investment of Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, give him Mike Davis some work, man. Like, it's been working out. So, like, I think I think he will share that back. I'm not saying it's going to be like a 50-50 split or anything crazy. I mean, we're talking about, like, the best running back in football here, but – I do think that it's, you know, it's going to be noticeable. You know, it's going to be it's going to be more of a bigger deal than them handing the, the ball to the fullback to try to get the first down. You know, you could actually hand it to Mike Davis instead. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think there's, you know, some real some real carries that are going to be handed over, but nothing that, like, you know, you're going to have to worry about Christian McCaffrey in any way. But, um, Josh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think that Mike Davis might continue to get worked in only because Christian McCaffrey has a high ankle sprain, right? Like those, those are just those are brutal, yeah. and I think that there's a, a good chance that when McCaffrey comes back, that they they're probably rushing him a little bit. So I I don't think that he necessarily deserves to split the backfield with McCaffrey, but I think that we might be just being over ambitious with his return. Yeah. Listen, all you care about is T.J. Moore, right? You're like, how are we gonna get T.J. Moore the ball? How about that? How are we let D.J. Moore play running back? It's it's there's still time. There's still time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, the last one I have here for you guys: Adam Gates will be fired before the team's bye week in week eleven. Foul or no foul, Josh? Uh, no foul. I think I think it's going to happen, and I think that teams are getting more brave about this. You know, just ask Bill O'Brien. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Bill O'Brien either, by the way. But let's talk about him in a second after this. Um, Adam, how do you feel about this? Foul or no foul? That he'll be fired before the bye week. I'm going to say foul only because I, I just think that organization doesn't know what they're doing. Like they should have gotten rid of case already, like before this year. So for me, I think they're probably just going to continue to ride him throughout the year. And, um, you know, week 11 is late, so it's possible, 
I don't know. I, I think it's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do That's wonder. It's probably going to be like right at the bye week. I could see it be on the bye week yeah. even. Yeah, that makes sense. Give him a chance to get the new coach acclimated to his little plan there. But I always do wonder with these kind of things where, like, you know, the Bill O'Briens, the Adam Gates's, like, we're like obviously on this podcast, we we bash them plenty. But like, this is happening all over the media, newspapers, ESPN, TV, Twitter, like everywhere. I always wonder, like, how much are these, you know, team owners and management and stuff like seeing these things, and like, does it not fuck with their head a little bit? You know what I mean? Like they, they keep, you know, they keep giving the guy the job, but at some point do they go, why is everybody saying this? Like, what am I not seeing? Like, are they really that like blind to it and that bought in? Or like, do you think it like, creeps in their mind? Like, okay, maybe these people are right. I don't think they see the media as much as you think. I think the I people like who should. are owners of NFL franchises and, you know, general managers and stuff like they definitely see it, but they're, they're not as inundated with it as, you know, we might be. So, you know, I think that more often than not, they, uh, they think they make the right decision until ultimately they don't. Yeah. A lot of work goes into that. So I guess they're not reading the YouTube comments, right? I would think not. (laughs) That's fair. Also, before, before we, you know, close this thing out, Bill O'Brien being fired. Do either of you have a strong opinion on what that does or changes or improves upon or do you think there's not much of a difference this season like do, do either one of you have a really strong take on it have they named an interim head coach what's that uh, i haven't heard a name okay i haven't either that's why i was curious um i mean i think it just depends who their interim is um i mean it can't be any worse <laughs> like <laughs> I, I mean for deshaun watson i think that you know you got to wish that this happened a year earlier. The problem with Bill O'Brien, though, is his GM moves. It's not him on the field. Like, he's a pretty decent coach. I mean, they were winning. You know, they were a winning football team throughout most of the time that he was there. If not all the time that he was there. But nonetheless, um, I think ultimately, you know, with the departure, you got to hope that it's a positive, but it, it really depends who they bring in. And I think with COVID and everything else going on, I just think that any coaching change is not going to be that big of a positive for any franchise. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those wait and see things. Like you said, we got to see who the coach is, see how things play out. A lot of times these teams stick with guys who are already there and, you know, they just try to kind of keep the same, you know, things in place kind of, you know, maybe little things change, but nothing too drastic because obviously it's bad timing. Um, so yeah, I, I don't assume much will change you know, from a performance standpoint, probably at this point, but uh, like you said, from management and, you know, player decisions and stuff, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, All right. Close this bad boy out with show and tell. Obviously this is our opportunity to share anything we feel like sharing with the audience, with the listeners. I love doing this. Uh, If you guys have anything that you want to share, podcast, book, music, quotes, advice, whatever it is, this is our opportunity to do that. I'll start with a podcast, another murder podcast, Paper Ghost. It's a popular one right now. Just came out recently. I'm not finished with it, so I'm not going to like give a full throttle take on it. Like I'm all the way in on it. But like so far, the time that I've invested hasn't been like a waste. So I feel good about it. Um, it's been a pretty good podcast. So for those who are into true crime um, and you're and you're low on supply right now, possibly Paper Ghost is a, a good option to look into you won't it won't be hard to find because it's pretty popular right now i think it's at the top of the charts in a lot of places so paper goes what you search for um that is my share 
for show and tell this week. Adam, do you have anything to show? Yeah, and I just subscribed to that. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta admit, like, I don't even like suggesting this, but I watched the whole first season, so it was compelling enough. Uh, I I kind of like Cobra Kai on Netflix. I really didn't think I was going to, and it's pretty predictable and kind of over the top, but it's charming. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I've found it pretty humorous so far, and like, I don't know, I can't. I keep watching it, <laughs> so it, it's got it's got to be good enough. I, I don't know. It, it's a weird it's a weird watch because uh, I was never like a huge Karate Kid fan as a kid, but I I definitely seen it a couple times, and like my dad was a big fan of it. Um, so like I get a lot of the references and subtext and stuff like that. Um, and it's a pretty good standalone story, but like it, it pretty is beat for beat predictable in my opinion. Um, but if you're looking for something like during the quarantine, just to be like a good wind down, relax show, it, it definitely is that. Like there's not a lot of thinking, but it, it's really enjoyable. It's good characters, that sort of thing. Cobra Kai is a series, right? Yeah. So okay. I haven't it, watched it, any of it. It's a spinoff of The Karate Kid. Yeah. They got a few seasons in though, right? It didn't just start, right? Yeah, I think there are two seasons. Okay. So, gotcha. Gotcha. It's like it's, it's kind of like a comedy though. Yeah, no. Uh, it's it's like a continual storyline drama, but it is humorous. Okay. Yeah. All right, so it's got some drama. All right, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll have to check it out. Um, sounds good. I was I watched some Karate Kid, man. I watched some Karate Kid. I feel like everyone's has seen Karate Kid, like you know. Oh yeah from our generation i guess not the younger folks um josh you have anything to share today man not uh, hold on nothing illegal okay because the police called me i had to plead the fit i have evaded arrest and i, I <laughs> just like to thank all the people of oklahoma city for not not turning me in now there's a show on hbo that has um that G- jude law is in it's called the third day and it's it's kind of like a kind of like a creepy little creepy show. I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's, it's really good show. Is it like a horror thing or is it like is out on this Island where uh, like it's, it's the kind of Island where it's only accessible to the roads by during low tide, you know, so you go out there and the tides come in and then you're stuck. Gotcha. All kinds of strange and creepy little things happen out on the Island. All right, I'm down for that. Is, is there like ghosts and stuff? Because I'm not into ghosts. Well, okay. yeah, I don't, don't want to spoil it. Okay, well, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I swear, my family loves to watch like quote unquote scary movies, and I feel like they're the biggest waste of time. I hate scary movies. They do nothing for me. Like I, I can't stand them. So I mean, th- yeah. th- this may be more of a thriller or sort of like a mystery. I don't mind that. But like straight yeah. up, like haunted house or haunted no. doll or like I can't deal with it, man. I cannot do it. Like I cannot spend the hour and a half, to two hours watching a, a movie about a doll or a house that's haunted and wants to eat you. I can't do it, man. So yeah. can I? Like does not scare me at all whatsoever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can walk through haunted houses and it's just like I find it funny more more than anything most of the time. But like scary movies and stuff, I will say there are some that I have watched lately that do have decent jump scares like if nothing else um i don't know 
But there, there, there's good horror out there. Yeah, I, I don't mind like murder horror. Like I, like when I was younger, I used to be terrified of like the scream movies and stuff. So I don't mind mm-hmm. like there's a killer guy. You know what I mean? Like I don't mind that. But when it's like it's a ghost, it's a spirit, someone's possessed, this that, like that's not for me, man. Like I'm not into that. <laughs> Another show that I shared earlier is called. It's also on HBO. I think it's called Lovecraft. And so I'm several episodes into that now. And it's it's still really good. Like it's also a, one of those shows where every episode is like they have continuous characters who are developed, but every episode is very different. It's like its own thing. Hmm. Are you sponsored uh, by HBO? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> they paid my bail, <laughs> so you were locked up. No, so Lovecraft <laughs> sounds a little. Uh... What is this? How far fetched should we get? Is this like sci-fi or something? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it, it's it, it's sci-fi, and it's also like there are some ghosts in, in some of the episodes. Gotcha, gotcha. This guy's he's all in on HBO, folks. He's throwing his money at the screen. Just um, um. my girlfriend has an HBO subscription. Oh, okay, she's throwing her money, and Josh is again being illegal. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. It's not illegal. Actually, I don't think it's her subscription, if you want to know the truth. So you're both breaking the law. Okay, cool. That's great. I'm sure HBO is <laughs> going to be happy about this. Remind you are get along. Remind me to tag HBO as we tweet this episode out. Um, <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all we have for today. Listen, Josh can be found on Twitter for as long as he is free uh, and not in jail. He can be found at JC Crocker, and you could talk to him there. And maybe when he is locked up, they have access there. I don't know. Um, Adam, because he doesn't admit to illegal things on live recordings, uh, can be found at the other FF guy at all times. Um, and I can be found at clock Dodgers, Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. Hit us up questions for the show polls. I'm going to throw a poll up. I got it. Guys, remind me to throw the poll up. I have to throw the poll up. Do not let me forget. Um, interact with us there. We love talking to you guys on Twitter. It's the greatest. Um, other than that, guys, if you haven't already, please drop us a review. The five stars review means everything. If you drop a five star review um, and and like put your Twitter handle or whoever you're from that I can communicate with you. I mean, don't put your personal information on there, but just a Twitter handle or something. I can even send you something like a sticker or a wristband or put you in a contest entry, something. So like, you know, drop the review and throw your Twitter handle on there and we can do some fun things with that. Um, other than that, subscribe to the podcast. If you're just listening, you're just streaming somewhere, you've got your friend's AirPod ear in your ear and you're not actually subscribed on your phone, like go do that. Go subscribe everywhere you can, whatever app you want. We love it. We appreciate it. Other than that, I have nothing else for you guys today. Do you guys have anything else for the people? Oh, um, Neil, yes. uh, remember to set up that poll. I appreciate it, man. But try to do it like oh. after the show so I like, don't forget. Oh, I'm going to yeah, forget. That- I'm going to forget, like, when I do this whole editing thing that you guys don't take part in, I'll probably forget. So, like, after that, tweet it out. Let me know. Okay? Perfect. (laughs) Other than that, as always, be kind, be great, keep dodging.